Matt. Hello, Mark. How's it going? Going pretty well. You? Good, good. Nice weather. Yeah, it's uh, it's picking up again. We were we had that awesome hot spell, and it was like, yes, summer's here. This is amazing, and it's been cold ever since. So. <laughs> it's not that cold though. Like I, I've been going a lot to the dog park, and if you just stand in the sun, it's really comfortable. Oh yeah, yeah. We're at that time of year. Yeah, we're in the throes of selling all of our stuff so we can move, and we're like, so we're flying with the dog. Uh, out to the west coast which is an interesting experience um, but learning about the you know like how do dogs how do you fly with a dog and how do they move throughout the airport and how do they board the plane and everything because um, the dog has to fly in the um, not in the luggage hold but they're like they go in the same part of the hold where like your um, dock side like when your gate side that's the one that's the word I'm looking for when you where your gate side luggage gets uh, checked so they're in the same air supply as the cabin. Uh, they're just not flying physically with you. Um, so the I'm like kind of praying that it's like a little bit cold that morning because they, uh, even on airplanes, like they don't run AC or anything like that until the plane takes off. So if you're sitting right. there waiting on the tarmac, it can get hot. And like it, you know, you you kind of are still the uh, custodian of your dog, like to fl- to point out like, hey. My dog is there. We it's getting hot in this plane. Like, can we go give them water or something? So, I'm really hoping it's cold the morning of our flight. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would assume they they know all this. They would. They do. Um, but you know, it is several systems working together. So, okay. having you remind them of like, hey, something is going on, um, and you know, there's a dog down there that's going to need your attention. A lot of the time, like, it's it's not like they're. All the stories I've heard is no one's like, don't tell me how to do my job. <laughs> like everyone is very receptive of like, oh, yes, you're right. Like w- w- I'm going to go make sure that that happens, um, right. that nothing falls through the cracks. So, yeah, they're aware. But, you know, a prompt uh, goes a long way. You didn't try the uh, emotional companion route? She's too big. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. I need her. <laughs> Man, it's so funny. Like both my wife and I are like. I will, like, I'll stay in the hold in a crate. Like, right. <laughs> let the dog be in the cabin. But yeah, you can't, you just can't buy a seat. But yeah, I, like, we had some friends that moved to the UK a few years ago and did that. And he, he went to the, <laughs> he went to a doctor and was like, I'm flying and I'm very nervous to fly. And the doctor was like, I'm writing you, he wrote him a script for, um, for, uh, not, I was going to say painkillers, but no, for like anti-anxiety. And he's like, right. I'm also very afraid of taking most medications. <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor's like, what are, what are we doing here? And he's like, man, I just want to put my dog in the cabin. Can I do that? And he's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I mean, I've never flown with the dog, but uh, I, th- I think I'd like to explore that avenue, even though my dog is huge compared to yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot, a lot, a lot. Because I didn't, re- well, I mean, you know, story time with Matt. Like, it's, um, there's all the, like, all the IATA, one of the standards organizations around airlines, they have a whole playbook for, like, how animals need to be labeled and transported around the around the airport how they're handled like all these kinds of things um so and like the in fact the lady um there's a really famous dog trainer um susan garrett is her name i heard about her from like the tim ferris podcast um but she is um she's like a world-class agility trainer and she's had to fly all over the world with her dogs 
uh, to attend um, dog shows and that kind of thing or competitions. So she has an ebook um, to like learn how to fly with your pet. And she gives you like how to trick out the crates so that they're really comfortable and approachable so people can slip them treats and give them water and food and that kind of thing. I am now an expert on this. <laughs> I've learned nice. so much in the last month. So how was your week? Anything exciting going on? Yeah, I'm just uh, unpacking. Okay. Still? <laughs> yeah, I was still setting up. Mm-hmm. Uh, did some retail shopping, which was a pain in the ass. I can't. <laughs> never again. <laughs> Re- retail like in meat space? You're, you're... Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like IRL. Like, <laughs> like uh, yeah, you know, we had this list of like things we want to change in the new apartment. Mm-hmm. Oh, we need a towel rack and we need this right. or that and that. So we did like, we did two different stores and we found absolutely nothing like nothing like i guess there's still like supply chain problems oh but like the the selection is very little and everything's super expensive and at one point i pick up something off the shelf and i'm there whoa that's expensive search it on amazon oh it's half price on amazon buy buy now there jesus i just went shopping oh my god (laughs) what a waste of time so yeah it was like yeah I mean, I'm, I'm sure maybe it will get back to how it used to be. Like, I just feel like before you would find stuff. There's so little on the shelves. Everything's expensive. And it's so much easier to, to find stuff online and buy. Yeah, I haven't had to shop like that for a long time. But it doesn't surprise me at all that like, yeah, to go to Home Depot or something is... I mean, half price is nuts. But like, if it were a 20% discount, I'd be like, oh, yeah, like that's I'm not surprised by that at all. Right. Yeah, no, in this case, the, the one thing I bought, I bought on Amazon while in the store. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's just like, it's such a waste of time. Like, mm. we spent the whole afternoon, like my wife and I. It's not like it's, uh, you know, I'm, I would have much rather like spend it in a park with her or yeah, go hiking totally. or mm. or on a on a terrace drinking beer. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many other things we could have been doing instead. <laughs> it's not a pleasurable yeah. experience. Yeah. We could have got all our shopping done online in half an hour, and then we could have spent the day in the sun. Yeah. Going for pints. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, never again. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, um, like, business-wise, it's going well. Like, uh, it, I've, I've started to see, like, um, a pattern. Okay. And... Uh, in the web design in industry. So it seems to be like all my end of quarters are really busy. Okay. Like I get insane. Like all my best months are always the last month of a quarter, mm. which means also the first month of the quarter is usually my worst. Uh-huh. So yeah. So like March was an amazing month. Um, I think like 30% growth since the previous month, mm. oh, but then April, like, it was shockingly much slower. I think I only had eight percent. Okay, wow. Which which is still really good, but I mean, hmm. you know, it's 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 a hard pill to swallow after a thirty percent increase month. Totally. And uh, yeah, so it was pretty quiet. Not as many support tickets, hmm. but now, like last week, the support tickets have really started coming in, and okay. there's like a new a new build up for the end of the <laughs> the next quarter. I'm guessing. Got it. Because last month, uh, last year, June was also a really good month. Okay. Mm. So I'm guessing like it's going in that direction. Okay. But, you know, but at first I was like panicking a little bit. Like, is this just this cyclical pattern that I've noticed? Or is this this recession that we're all talking about mm. that's coming? Yes. The, the recession. The recession. Because, <laughs> right? Because, I, I mean, this 
web design or this in this industry that I'm in now with this with Power Importer, like it's it's new to me, so I don't really know, you know, how does it deal with recessions and mm. how much of a downturn can I expect from it. Right. But uh but at least my saving grace is that I'm not VC funded. Yes. And I'm profitable. So mm-hmm. yeah, because I can't <laughs> I can imagine if I was VC funded and I was hoping for another round of of funds right now to to stay alive for another year, yeah. like that is not a good situation to be in. Rome. Yeah, seriously. I mean, we, I don't know if you saw it, but like YC, they, they wrote a letter to, oh, all their yeah. portfo- to all their portfolio founders mm-hmm. and it got leaked and it turned, you know, you could read it on TechCrunch. And mm. Yeah, it's, it's it's not rosy. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you need to extend your runway now. Mm-hmm. If, you were, if you thought you were going to get funding in the next six months, think again. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I uh, I saw I saw that letter and I read through it and it was just a very sane um, statement of fact of just like yeah. no people are going to stop deploying capital so yeah like you say unless you have very strong product market fit the level of investment is just going to be yeah it, they're going to curtail their deployment so right man yeah so yeah Ugh. it's uh, I mean of. I've never considered going the VC funding route. Like mm-hmm. I've always, I've always liked to bootstrap, but this this is definitely a reminder of the the um, the benefits of bootstrapping. Totally. It's like, yeah, this is this is why because mm-hmm. you're at no one's mercy. Yeah. Like, either the business is profitable, and then and if it's not, well, you, you just yeah shut it down and start a different business. Yeah. Start something more profitable. Yeah. So in this case, it's profitable, but. It's more than default alive. So even if there is a downturn and I have fewer customers because there's fewer web design jobs out there, because mm-hmm. that's what I'm imagining. Like, I don't know the industry well, but I'm imagining, you know, all these businesses that were going to do a revamp of their website right. or, you know, hire web agencies to create landing pages for them because mm-hmm. they're going to have these new ad campaigns that they, they want to test. Like, yeah, those projects might dry up. So maybe that means fewer customers. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just, yeah, it, just, just preparing for the worst. That's yeah. What I'm doing. No, totally. Totally. And I guess that's the problem with, with, um, with a recession, like the system, the system that is our economy is so complicated. It's hard to know who's going to be affected. Well, like, I guess there's, there's the two parts, right? There's what is the actual effect of, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know anything like, you know, like stocks are down. Therefore we can't afford to spend on design and how much of it is fear of just like, I don't know what the future is going to be. I need to pull back in preparation for something, even though I might not actually be affected by it. Right. I'm going to, I choose to affect myself out of fear, but yeah. Well, I mean, that's it. Like so much of it is just psychology mm-hmm. and then the trickle effects of those actions. So, right, like, just because something is worth less on the stock market, in theory, shouldn't change anything. Like, so what? You had a higher valuation before. Like, it didn't change anything. You still have the same amount of money in your bank account. You still have the same revenue. But why Why does it have these trickle effects? Well, because now they have to reduce their expenses to, to increase their profits so that shareholders are still getting the same return on investment. Yeah. And so now they're spending less. Mm. So then that affects businesses that were <laughs> right. that were getting that money. 
and now they lay off people and then those mm. people have less money so they spend less and yeah. it's just this huge trickle but i guess too with every recession comes opportunity as well so things yeah. are going to be on sale maybe things will be undervalued maybe right. yeah maybe there'll be opportunities for us to deploy capital i'm thinking back to micro acquire right exactly yeah stuff might be cheaper now to buy mm-hmm. or it might be a better deal it might be a better deal than ever yeah yeah, I check so, microwire yeah. like daily. <laughs> really? Oh, <Yeah. laughs> I'm I'm always on the lookout for uh, for new things to see what people are see what people are building and listing. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like I I check it all the time, you know, and I get those newsletters. You know, they have a newsletter that comes out for these different price ranges, mm-hmm. and I look at all of them. Like even the ones that are way out of my budget. Like it's still interesting to know like what kind of businesses are out there. Oh, totally making money and. Mm-hmm. It's always fascinating. Wow, this business makes a million a year, like doing reporting for this niche little industry. Like, whoa. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's what I'm thinking about these days. I did, I did actually cancel my audience ops subscription. Okay. Yeah. So like in case this is the first time you listen to this episode, audience ops was a, it's a contact marketing business Mm -hmm. that I hired to do blog posts so bi-weekly blog posts and it's it's been great like they've been, they've really produced great content but uh it's it's kind of expensive and um like I'm, I'm just not seeing the roi yet because it's mostly seo so it's more long term so it's like maybe maybe in six months i will see oh yeah like it was totally worth it and then i'll just i'll just sign up again right <laughs> but right now it's like yeah I'd like to try different different things with that money instead. Totally. Yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. You know, like I haven't tried paid ads much. So I, I played around a bit on Twitter and it was profitable, but I was kind of scared off at one point when it stopped, when I stopped getting new leads. Right. It's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lose the profits that I made mm-hmm. if I continue paying for this. So I just cut it off. But right. if I took that money instead and really gave it a shot, maybe I would find that it is profitable and mm-hmm. it's sustainable. Sure. Yeah. But otherwise, like, you know, it was a great, great service. But in hindsight now, like I think really it's, it's like three different services in one and you could outsource any one of those services. Right. Like you don't, you don't have to, to have the whole package deal. Mm. So if you wanted to do it yourself, I would say like the first job is keyword research. Mm. So like try to look at what keywords have, you know, the low hanging fruits, like that have less competition mm-hmm. and uh, you could easily rank for. So that's a job in itself. You could hire someone to do that. Or if you know how to do it and you have an Ahref account, you could do it all yourself. Sure. But then once you have your keywords, then the next job is coming up with topic ideas. Like what, you know, like just a list of like articles that you could come up with and a brief summary of what each article would be about. Mm-hmm. And then the third job is, you know, just getting a writer to write them. <laughs> or writing them yourself. Yeah, exactly. So like for each one of those jobs, like you could either do it yourself or hire someone to do it. Mm. So you, so yeah, so maybe, yeah, I might explore some of those things. I mean, now that, you know, with audience ops, they already did the keyword research. They already did the list of article ideas. Mm. I could just write the remaining ones that they're not going to write when, when this quarter ends. Sure. Or just... I just wait. Most likely that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to wait. Yeah. <laughs> See if SEO picks up even more. I mean, it did start picking up, but it's a slow process. So yeah. It's like, 
I don't know if it's going to be ROI positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this is one of those things I've, well, lately, uh, and maybe they talked about it on My First Million or other places, but they talk about like how it's like marketers, quote unquote, like marketers realize that um, it's about finding one channel that works and beating the living shit out of that channel <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until like you've squeezed as all the blood out of the stone possible. And then you move on to the next channel and you do exactly, exactly. the same thing. <laughs> so yeah. it, it's interesting. Cause it's like, I think that's a reasonable test of like, is this channel working? And I guess SEO is a little tough because it does take so long for things to, to pop up. And like, maybe that's something that a, it'd be kind of interesting to have like an SEO consultant be like, you know, of, of the experience you've seen, like, do you have an idea of like what works and what doesn't work? Um, right. And maybe there's some insights there that, that, a that a consultant like that could tell you. Um, but like, maybe you've actually run the experiment and it turns out it was like, Oh, it's just, it's not a great channel for you. Yeah, no, exactly. And there's some of these keywords that we identified, I think programmically like programmatic XCO mm-hmm. might just solve the problem like this content that I can generate mm-hmm. that will target those keywords right. so I don't necessarily write or so yeah there's um but like like you were saying like you know you need to find that that channel that really works mm-hmm. and really invest in it and I don't I don't think that was the channel yet mm-hmm. yeah fair enough maybe in six months I will be proven wrong mm-hmm. and then well I'll be glad for the the months that I did pay for great yeah it was ROI positive and I'll go back to them and Hired them again to continue. Yeah. Yeah. And then part of me feels bad. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm part of the problem of, of the recession, right? <laughs> Here I am canceling a service. How could you? <laughs> so selfish. Yeah. What about GDP? Exactly. So now you've reclaimed this money from audience ops. Do you have an idea for what's next? Yeah, I have a few ideas. Um, I don't know if I want to share them because yeah. you know, I, I do have competitors, so sure. they might they might be listening. <laughs> <laughs> Likely they are. <laughs> I would I would wager. Yeah, this whole building in public thing is hard. At the beginning, it it was easy and it was fun, and now I'm a lot more reserved about it. It's mm. like you know what when when you have competitors and they can see what you're doing and they can even hear your reasoning behind it. Mm. It's like, ah. Maybe I'll keep that on the DL. <laughs> exactly. I'll talk about it after it's done. Yeah. There was a recent episode on My First Million where they had the uh, the founder of, I think it's called Native Deodorant or Natural Deodorant or something like that. Okay. And it seems like, I don't, I, I think that he's the one who kind of started the idea of like deodorant with no aluminum in it or i i don't know like really kind of creating that like um all natural and he talked about building the business and one of the things he said was like we built that shit on mute like we didn't talk about the company at all and then uh he was like we around the time that it, it gave them a huge uh head start in getting the thing built and then by the time they were ready to sell like six other um all natural deodorant brands had all started up and we're all fighting yeah. for market share but he was looking at an exit and i was like man that's so true like it's a, exactly. it's a double-edged sword yeah that's it that's that's the that's how i feel about power importer like it was it, it was first of its kind and it was innovative mm-hmm. because the alternative was and is still complicated like it's mm-hmm. trying to duct tape all this 
stuff together with Zapier yep. and try to keep it in sync. And it's 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 not the best tool for it. Like Zapier is a great tool. It's like a mm-hmm. Swiss Army knife, but you wouldn't want to use it to like work on your car or like yeah. build the house. You know, the house re- renovations. Totally. Right? It's like it's a great tool, but there's better tools for those specific jobs. Yeah. And the specific job of keeping things in sync, like it's better to have a custom tool. So yep. it was first of its kind. Like it was, so that's that part of its success. But then it attracts competition. Yep. Was you know you've proven that wow, it's it's a it's a need and it it's profitable. Then you get copycats to show up. Yeah, yeah, it's only natural. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot with um, our art of product and savvy cal. Because, like, I don't know if Derek Reimer, like, started the idea of... I mean, like, I don't know how many Calendly clones there were, but he definitely led the charge of... Um, of co- I don't want to call it a copycat, but, you know, for whatever, we'll call it a copycat. Um, now, all of a sudden, it feels like every other indie hacker is like, fuck yeah, building a scheduling tool. <laughs> right. And I get it. You know, it's a big market. There's a lot of verticals that could use you and that kind of thing. But yeah. Yeah. And then to see Derek talk about it on Art of Product. And I feel like he's been really quiet lately about like yeah. how things have been going. No, exactly. Right. There's, he's not sharing as much anymore. Mm. This whole, yeah, this whole building public thing, I'm not, I'm not so sure about it anymore. <laughs> like it seems to work if you share revenue numbers, mm-hmm. like. People on Twitter just eat that stuff up. Like, they just mm-hmm. love it. You're going to get a huge following. Mm-hmm. I, I never shared numbers, so I didn't get the huge following. Yeah. Um, but now it feels like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting question. I, cause I, I totally get it too. Like how private, like, sure, you want to talk about what you're doing because it is interesting. Like, you know, we, I, I keep reminding myself of that, of our conversation with Aaron. And he's like, no, what you're doing is actually really interesting and cool. But it's like, if I give too much of a peek under the covers, like, how much am I betraying yeah. <laughs> my own work? Well, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, how, how was your week? Uh, week was good. I also am in the throes of, I mean, you're unpacking, but I am packing. <laughs> <laughs> so, things are going well, though. We're, we're on track um, and we're not too stressed, which is good. Um in terms of updates from uh, the assistant stuff, um, I haven't gotten a chance to meet with more people in the last week. I've just been too busy. Um, but I've been doing kind of some passive reading. And actually, uh, my uh, my wife has gotten started with Square Away. Square Away is, an, is a virtual assistant um, you know, company, like yet another one. I mean, there's a bunch of them. I don't want to like, you know, disparage them because they're very good. But um, so I've gotten to dig a lot into their positioning and I've gotten to actually peek onto the, uh, into the onboarding experience that they've been going through. And it's been really interesting to get an idea of um, how do you run a service like this? What does the onboarding look like? That sort of thing. Um, especially compared to like the interviews that I have been doing, what are people interested in and how are they setting people up for success? And already I noticed some things in their onboarding that I was like, oh, that's very, like, that's an interesting choice that they that they took. So, like, I'll get specific. So, um, okay, so squared away, their main position is employing military spouses. So the idea is, um, and I, I should say, 
I don't know if they say American military spouses, but it's kind of, there's a lot of implicit stuff going on. So it could be Canadian, American, but the idea is you have these people who were educated in North America, because that's that's the idea. Um, They're North American educated, North American culturally, and they could be in the States, they could be abroad, but their spouses are moving around and they're moving with them and it can be difficult to hold down a a stable job in person. So all that said, um, looking at this, I'm thinking, so from the interviews that I have done, I've realized that there's this, it's all about expectation. How do you set an expectation with this, with your client, with, with your customer that you know, they need help and you are able to help them. And I've talked about it previously, but like the idea of, okay, well, what's the difference between an executive assistant level or another term that's being thrown around is like a, a chief of staff or a fractional chief of staff, somebody who can come in and can intelligently run things and be resilient about, oh, it failed. Let's try again. Let me update you. Let's find a different way to achieve the goal. Um, so when during Squared Away's onboarding, I was noticing that they were very much, um, it, there was very little expectation. <laughs> it was like, you're going to get a person and, you know, they, they like to, I, I, there's a matching process where you kind of give some information about you and, you know, they're doing some magical matching under the hood. I don't know how magical it is, but um, <laughs> you get matched with a person. And it was really interesting to see the person come in and say, oh, well, um, the, here's an example of some of the things I've done in the past. So it was really interesting because it was the it was the um, the assistant who was kind of setting the expectation for this is what I'm capable of doing or here's some ideas of some things that you could get me to do that I already know how to do. So that was very interesting because my wife is coming in with an idea of like I have things that I need help with and I kind of have a specific list. But I would hope that or I would think that like the most successful way to approach this would be like okay well. How do I know that the person I'm getting is going to be able to help me with the things on this list? Or like, that seems like it would be, I mean, you know, the ultimate, the 10 star experience would be something like, oh, you need help with this particular thing. And we have the world champion at doing that one thing and they're going to solve it for you. Um, But like, yeah, how do you take this person that you've been given and allocate them across these tasks that you have? And there wasn't a lot of like expectation setting. So I'm very interested to see. Uh, how it all works out. I'm sure this person is great. Um, but even then, like I'm, I, I'm seeing a lot of implicit things about who you're getting or who you're, um, who you're going to be promised. It's like, oh, you're, you're North American. Like there's going to be a North American person here that, that understands you. And like, they are educated in North America. Maybe they're, they, and like, maybe there's some implicit, like, oh, there's something about them being educated. Like you were, there's some kinship there perhaps. Um, and then, like, uh, the, the idea of military spouses. Like, there's, um, there's this awesome chart uh, that I found in a uh, – I, I went through uh, – when I was doing the Shred stuff, I went through, like, a, an incubation program. And I read this really interesting article from God knows where. But it, it's, like, the pyramid of values and the idea that, like, at the bottom of the pyramid, there's things like values are, like, oh, it reduces costs. It gives you variety. It informs you. It integrates or organizes. It makes you money. And then as you move up the pyramid, so there's like the bottom layer is the functional part and you move up to more the emotional. And then the next change up is like life changing. And at the very top is like social impact. So it's kind of interesting to think like, oh, military spouses, like kind of has some emotional aspect to it. It has a bit of social impact to it as well. So it's interesting to see how they, they're, 
it, it, their, their positioning is less about like, how can we empower you? And versus like, oh, we're, we're choosing to be more like, to be more impactful. It's, it's very cool to, to kind of like take a step back yeah. and see how they appeal to customers. I mean, I, I, th- I think often like the, the social mission is also very important for marketing. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like this, this can get them like press coverage just because you know they're they're doing good and but i'm you know it's i don't know to me it seems like that's that's what they're it's like like maybe yeah maybe they do have an actual backstory where maybe it was started by a military spouse who knows Mm -hmm. so maybe they have a connection to it sure yeah but like why continue to limit themselves to that right like you could just Mm -hmm. say yeah like 80 percent of our of our assistants are military spouses mm-hmm. and yeah and the other 20 percent will accept anyone who, yeah yeah who for the same reason as military spouses are, are having a hard time finding a re- in real person job because they're constantly moving mm-hmm. or, yeah so it's it, it's very interesting yeah it's uh yeah. I, I, yeah I I wonder how much business they do I wonder how many people they have in their network um, or how many people available for VA work they have in their network but yeah it's super interesting Um and yeah, and how it plays into their positioning, especially when you compare it with other um, VA companies. So yeah, it's it's been fun to dig in and and try to understand a little bit like what draws people to them. Next to the mission is great on paper. I mean, it's what an awesome headline. Like, oh yeah, for sure, yeah. military spouses. Like, yeah, exactly. No, it's it's great. I mean, it's a great story, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what marketing's about. Totally. Because even the customers like now have a great story to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like they can tell their friends, oh yeah, I just hired a virtual assistant, military spouses, and let me tell you what the problem military spouses have. Yeah, it's like you have a you have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you feel good, and you want yeah, to share exactly. those good feelings you have. Totally. You know, it's the same thing with uh, with anything that's green, right? Like, yeah, of course, yeah. You take your product and do some greenwashing, <laughs> <laughs> and then oh yeah, I I host my my services all here because they're. Uh, you know, they're carbon neutral. Mm. They, they run all their electricity on sustainable electricity. My data center is in Greenland because then you don't yeah, have to exactly. worry about, <laughs> about air, <cooling>. air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I have some people in my queue that I need to go talk to, um, but uh, talk to them more about what they're planning to do, what they're hoping to do, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I've really just kind of uh, not, yeah, uh, sorry. I have more people I need to talk to. I have people in the queue. I've just been very busy and I haven't made it past like doing some like research on the internet basically. Right. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, this is, this is a hard time to, to get much work done. God. <laughs> I know from experience. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Having just done it. At least you're selling your stuff. So you're not going to have the unpacking problem as much as I have. It, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I gotta say shedding the weight is really nice. And the closer we get, <laughs> the closer we get to the deadline, the more ruthless we become. So it's just yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, like uh, we were going to take this thing with us, but man, fuck it. Like there's just, forget it. We'll just buy another one. Who cares? Like, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. So this idea of like, of um, being the middleman to, or being a VA or an mm-hmm. executive assistant, mm-hmm. like it seems like you're, you're still really interested in it mm-hmm. and you're getting some traction as in you're easily finding people to talk to yes i mean that's that's a first nice sign yeah that, right remember when you were exploring the web flow limit of ten thousand, mm-hmm. 
lots of people complain about it, but then you tried to get them on the phone and it's like crickets. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's that that was a bad sign. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, it was, it was a gr- it was a great sign that it wasn't that it wasn't great <laughs> exactly. business. Exactly. It's like so basically people like to complain about it on mm-hmm. the internet, but nobody wants to talk about a potential solution. Yeah. Exactly. So at least now you you yeah you're finding people that that will talk about it. Mm-hmm. So there's obviously yeah there's obviously a problem here. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about what your first solution might be? So um, yes and no. So the, part of my problem well um, I don't want to say it's a problem but this has been a behavior change in me that I actually really like that I am not focused on what the solution is. Because most of the time I'm like, at least in the past, it's like, how can I start writing code as quickly as possible without having like a really firm grip on what the problem is? And I'm developing a sense, I'm trying to develop a sense of what the problem really is without trying to bring a solution to the table. So like, I see that there's this problem and it's starting to take shape. It seems like expectation and, um, expectation and, uh, screening is a big thing. So figuring that part out is really interesting, but then maybe that's not the solution. Like I met a lady on the microconf Slack who has playbooks. So she's like, oh, I literally put together a playbook. So as soon as I need to run an event and I need to find a caterer, I have a playbook for finding a caterer and I can literally give that to a VA and and have it be done, which is amazing. So maybe the solution actually is building these playbooks out or building them on demand and selling them. I don't know. Um, But I'm just trying to, but like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh man, I'm not thinking nearly big enough that like, I just have this like, oh, how can I wrap this in software? Which is fine. But um, I'm almost prejudging the problem. So uh, I'm trying to speak to as many people as I can and understand it as best as possible without having like a clear offering or a clear, like, I I don't have a solution to bring to the table yet. Okay. I mean, I think, the problem is you can continue to talk to people forever. True. Right? Like you'll never get a full a full understanding of what the problem is. Well, you can do both. You can have a solution that doesn't solve the problem, but you can get yourself out there and you can learn at the same time while doing the incorrect thing. Yeah. I mean, I think you've talked to a lot of people. You, sh- you should already have some language that you can use for mm-hmm. landing pages. And if you could just have a landing page for one solution and see if you can get people on the phone mm-hmm. to like to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Not a sales call, but like like we're we're building this solution, needing to talk to people to mm-hmm. to get more information. Because I think it'd be great if you you test one solution like that and see if you can get people mm-hmm. that, that that talks to them and they're willing to pay for that solution. Right. So the solution is like you say, it could be you know you give us vague requirements and we develop a playbook and then we find you some VAs to execute the playbook. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think right now, if you, if I needed to put, construct an offer today, I think my offer would be, hmm, it might be a playbook. That seems to be the clearest, um, like it, that seems like a very low risk, but also very clear, like offering that you can say to people like, you can and I mean, figure out what you know. Name your name your activity to what, <laughs> for what you want to do the playbook for. But um, because of other people I've spoken to, some people are like, "I need help in marketing" or "I need help organizing my life," and like the problems are so disparate. Um, 
but maybe it's hiring somebody on Upwork. I don't know. And it's like, there's a playbook that you can give to someone and they will handle finding some of you screening and figuring that out for you. So you're thinking of actually creating a playbook that you would sell like a, oh no like an ebook uh, i'm i'm thinking off the top of my head like if i had to construct okay. an offering today based on the conversations i've had that would be like the lowest risk um but clearest um the easiest thing to develop and uh like the most targeted okay so it would be like a, a pre-made playbook that you would buy mm-hmm. to get access yeah to. that's what i would think okay yeah that's uh that'd be That'd be easy to test. I don't know if um, Gumroad still supports pre-sales. Oh, they did for a long time. Yeah, but I think they they pulled it. Oh, really? So I've heard people complain that oh, I have to find a new solution now. Oh, that sucks. But that, but I think there are other solutions out there like Gumroad. Okay. Yeah, that's it. So I, you know, but that's one way of of doing it, right? You just put the the outline of what this this playbook is mm. and the value proposition of how many hours. You will save, you know, they will save by just buying the playbook and executing. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, test that landing page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because at least then I have something concrete that I can offer people. I'm just trying to think of what, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think from the people that I've spoken to, what are the pains that they're dealing with? And maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it's just the act of coming, pick, fucking picking a problem and just building a playbook for it and just saying like, great, I, I, dealt, I did it, I built it, I'm talking about the experience and I'm putting it out there. And just the act of creating it and learning, you know, I'll learn more as I go. So fuck it. So maybe that would actually be something kind of interesting to just like find one of those people with their hair on fire and do it for them and build the playbook as an act of, um, as an act of this. And then, right. uh, and then I have the, the final, the thing at the end. Right. Yeah, that's true. That'd be, yeah, that'd be one way of doing it right away. You'd see if someone's willing to work with you to, mm-hmm. So that shows that yeah, it's a real problem if they're willing to to spend time on it. Mm-hmm. So that's a good that's a good signal. Willing to invest something in this solution. Exactly. Yeah, because I will say like part of my um, well, it, something that's in the back of my mind has been this thought of because I've I, I've been saying like you know I'd like to be, go be a VA and get close to these people. Um, but I think part of it too is I don't know I I don't want to make people's minds up for them but a fear that I've had is that people will say oh but Matt's just here to like try it on and then like he's going to bounce in a month or you know who knows x weeks and like I want to invest in somebody I like I don't know what their attitude toward having me come in as a temporary person would be um I see a lot of problems of or I foresee problems of like Oh, is he, is it, is it not consistent enough? I'm looking for somebody who's going to be around forever, which is yet another expectation. Like, oh, you won't, you don't want somebody to come on for a month. You want somebody to come on forever. Okay. That's good to know. Um, but yeah, like if people are so on fire with whatever problem they're willing to bring me on for knowing that it'll be a temporary thing, that's also an excellent sign that they're willing to forego this or will I understanding their temperature on is this a, um, uh, is it a problem that Matt would only be temporary or is it a benefit that Matt's only temporary? Because uh, people, I could see people wanting both or I, wanting either. Yeah, but you need to, you need to pick one though, like for your messaging. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like it's either it's, that's a good thing that, you know, Matt is going to be temporary or, or the solution is no, Matt, Matt's going to find you someone that's going to be permanent. Mm-hmm. Matt's going to define the playbook. Mm-hmm. And find you someone to execute. 
And then, yeah, that person will be there forever mm-hmm. to run that playbook whenever you need it. Yeah. Yeah. And if they ever disappear, because that's something we've discovered, yeah. sometimes VAs just disappear, <laughs> then, you know, Matt will find someone else to run the playbook for you. Yeah. Now, I personally, I mean, I personally prefer, prefer that solution where like Matt is the concierge or the, mm. the fractional chief of staff. Yeah. Like the playbook for me, I mean, I might not be your customer, but mm. for me, the playbook is like, that. that's just going to, I'm just, I'm buying a to-do list. That's, yes. that's what I'm buying. Mm-hmm. And I already have too much stuff on my to-do list. Yeah. So why would, why would I buy a playlist, a playbook that mm-hmm. says here, here's the 30 to-do lists. Yeah. 30 to-dos to do. And this is how you outsource them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I was thinking, yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. But I mean, if I was trying to find a VA to whatever, like edit this podcast mm-hmm. and you told me here's a playbook that's going to save like, 10 hours of, of work mm. to find this, then yeah, okay, maybe I'd be willing to do it. Mm. But I think I'd much rather, if there was a concierge, I can say this, hey, find me someone to edit my podcast. Yeah. And then they ask me the right, all the right questions, mm. the things I didn't think about. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, yeah, I need this. Or no, I don't need that. Mm. And then they come back with someone that's pre-trained and everything to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the feeling I'm having right now is I'm because I don't know what offering like I, I'm I'm grasping a little bit at straws of I don't know if this offering is good or not and and this is touching on something that like is clearly an insecurity for me but the idea of like you don't know what's going to work you just have to go out and try a bunch of things and it's like I was saying playbook and it's like yeah I mean maybe that's it you don't know that it isn't like. And you're right. Like maybe the answer is for some, for, for some customers, it is the playbook. And for others, it's the concierge. Um, and it's only from talking to people and playing with prices that you're going to know which works and which doesn't. Right. Cause you're right. Like you're busy enough that you're willing to pay for the end result. You showed it with audience ops, like with other services you've bought because you, it's the outcome that you care about. Yeah. And I like the concierge one because it's, you can formulate something that's very niche now. Yeah. But once you have like one or two customers, like you can, there's so much optionality, like you're going to discover things Mm -hmm. that they have that you, maybe that is a playbook that you can sell. So there's like, there's so many possibilities after that. Oh yeah. Maybe in the end, like I'm servicing clients Mm -hmm. as their fractional chief of staff, but part of that job is me writing these playbooks and finding VAs to execute them. Mm -hmm. And then I, I can sell that as a service, right? Right. (laughs) Like if one of your customers is asking you to like to pretty much do what audience ops does mm. in the end, you will have created an audience ops clone Yes, and then you can spin that off. And- mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think so. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about, so I guess I'm trying to think like, what's the, so what's the next step here? So we've talked, I guess then maybe we've talked a little hypothetically about the playbook but ultimately knowing what playbook to build is going to depend on me. I think making an offer to somebody to be like, I will come on as your fractional chief of staff. I'll follow you around. I'll, you can throw me things. I'll start tackling them and I'll do it for, you know, I'm a, I'm a contractor. This is my price. And then from there figuring out like, okay, I'm going to start putting things into, uh, putting things into 
flow <laughs> into motion is the word I'm looking for, putting things into motion and then picking a, picking one of those things and building a playbook and then selling that playbook or whatever ends up. If it's a playbook, great. If it's not, if it's something else, that's great too. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Like those are, I call that optionality. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, you, you can envision all these different things that could come out of it, but mm-hmm. just wait until they present themselves. Yeah. But at least, you know, you're, you're starting something that has lots of branches. Yeah. It can, it can be successful in many different directions. Mm-hmm. So right now it's about getting the messaging right. Um, with all the people you've talked to, you know what the pain points are, mm-hmm. how they describe them. Like you can identify a segment of them. Like this is who the target customer is. Mm-hmm. It's like it's someone who has tried it and has failed. It just wants to find someone that can do it for them. Mm-hmm. I want you to outsource this to someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But someone who's, you know, educated in North America, who speaks native English, mm. who's in my time zone, like someone who, who understands me and then can find, can outsource it to someone, find, find the person, train them and then outsource it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So a meaningful test then, well, I, cause I, I'm trying to take this back to the test to what can I test? How can I get momentum? Because this is the problem is right now I, I'm getting a lot of interesting market signal, but I need to figure out some, I need to get some momentum. So I guess make an offer to somebody of the people I've spoken to who I don't know saying, Hey, I'll come on as a, as a fractional chief of staff and I'll help you with your problems and taking yeah, it from there. Think, yeah, I think so. That, that's definitely, it's, it's an opportunity for you to first test your messaging mm-hmm. and see like, does that click with them? Like, does that solve their pain points? Also, maybe test a bit the pricing. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this, you know, I'm, this is the service I'm trying to build. I'm going to be charging this much, you know, but I need a first customer to, to iron out the wrinkles and like to, to test it with. So I would offer it to you at cost. You know? So mm-hmm. basically the cost of the VAs that I would end up mm-hmm. finding for you. Right. But at least you're testing the pricing. Like, would they be willing to pay whatever, 500 a month, a thousand a month? Yep. Well, I mean, that this, this is part of the offer in general of like, all right, you have to be willing to pay me the, my, like, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I have to do some price shopping to see what do assistance charge? What is a reasonable rate? And then coming in and saying like, all right, this is the price. Like, what do you think? And yeah, I can start assessing from that of like, all right, well, let's give it a rip, I guess. I mean, I mean like, yeah, it, it at least anchors you to something of like you're dealing with a person who's willing to spend money and not just like, no, I'm, I want to spend third $3 a day or $3 an hour. And it's like, yeah, I mean, right. you're not serious. Exactly. Like you're, you're just, you're a grifter. You're not looking to yeah. solve anything. You're just looking to, I don't know, have, have a slave. Yeah, that's it. You know, I, I totally agree. I, I mean, yeah, you could say this is how much I will be charging, but hey, for you, I'll give it to you at 80% off because you know, this is like... This is still an, not an experiment, but it's still, I need your help to help me like set this up, you know, to like to find, find my groove. And I don't know what, how to word it. But yeah, no, exactly. Well, it's like, I need your help to formulate this. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're going to be my beta tester mm-hmm. or alpha tester. So yeah, yeah you're going to get a huge discount. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I think I'm not sure. I, I've never actually tried it, but I'm, I'm thinking the fact that they see what the final price is, like it might scare them. Oh, but. It's like, no, 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 that's, that's way too much. Even though you're offering it to me at 80% mm-hmm. off, like I can't envision paying that mm-hmm. much when, when the, the rebate runs out. Yeah. But that's okay. That, that's exactly, that, that's good exactly. data. That's great data. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. 
I don't know what's the best advice mm. for, for how to do it. Right? Like, the, like the mom test would say, don't try to sell it yet, but talk to people about that solution. Mm-hmm. So you've, you know, it's a hypothesis. You've, you've identified who the customer is, mm-hmm. what's their problem, um, a bit of wording of what the solution is. Mm-hmm. And then you talk to someone to see, to, to basically falsify all those hypotheses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like part of me already knows, like we, like we hire help all the time. Like that's what these services do. So like there's, there's people out there that are looking for help. And then exactly. we know that there's a, there's a huge range of these things and you know, from all the way from EA to, you know, someone who just executes lines in a, they're like a program. <laughs> they're, they're just going line by line. If it works, great. Otherwise throw. Um, and it's like, where do I live in that spectrum? And what particular angles do I provide value on? And really, and then the question comes to me of like, what problems do you do seem value enough to warrant doubling down on those areas and trying to figure out a, a more, a, a fixed solution or productized service around it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's it. You might, that's it. You might be testing the positioning like mm. that, you know, that could be the thing. I, I need to test this positioning. Does this work? Like mm. the fact that I'm your fractional chief of staff and I'm going to fine and train your VAs mm. or it's, it's like squared away. It's like, no, my positioning is that I'm going to find you uh, university students mm. and then uh, train them. Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's funny, like all this to say, I, I don't know what the solution is, but exactly like you say, it's coming up with a pitch, coming up with an offer and a position and saying, do you say yes to this at this price point? And then playing with that price point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's one, one example. Another one is also testing marketing channels. Mm-hmm. So with with a landing page that has this offering, you just drop it in Reddit. What happens? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drop it in a Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely drawn towards the the people. I mean, so I, I, I sent a message in the microconf Slack about this and I got a ton of replies and DMs and just all yeah, sorts of stuff. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and... A lot of it was frustration. There wasn't a lot of people with wins, <laughs> put it that way. Um, but I managed to get quite a lot of reaction, which is cool. Um, because I think that tells me something. It, it tells me that there are people who are um, who are trying to tackle this in their own way, and they're successful to some degree. Um, or there, are, and a lot of it was like, I'm watching this thread because I'm drowning <laughs> and I need help. And I guess my conclusion from that is like, oh, you know, there's. There definitely seems to be people, I mean, like, you know, we already know that people are willing to pay for solutions to help them with their time, fix their, take some of the things off their plate. But, but yeah, I'm just not sure yet what, uh, I'm just not sure yet what it means. Yeah. So like in terms of like creating an offer and putting it out there, cause I like the idea to, oh, sorry, where I was going with this was I can approach some of these people. And like, they've come to me already being like, I've had these experiences and they've been poor. And it's like, well, I can. You're, you're here right now. You're talking to me. Maybe that means that you're willing to chat. Maybe not. Um, but, right. you know, that's one channel to get started with. But I agree with you that, like, putting together something out there on the wider internet and seeing, can I get strangers to click on this? <laughs> Could be a compelling. Yeah. I mean, because that, that's that's mostly about testing the marketing channels, mm. right? Because, like, the the microconf thread was great, but that's kind of a wolf. You yes. Can't, you can't do that every week. Yeah. Like, ask that question again every yeah. week. No, that's a great point. That's a great point. So is there a place where you can have recurring? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... But, I mean, it might not be necessary. 
if your price point is high enough and you're able to to find you know a bunch of leads mm. in microconf with one post mm. um, well then you know you might be able to do the same thing on reddit yeah. go on reddit and get a bunch of other leads and eventually it's going to spread wealth mm. and, and eventually when you solve someone's problem maybe that becomes a blog post idea you could post it on indie hackers because hey i'm the i'm the concierge service for for indie founders mm. that, that are trying to outsource yeah because i guess part of this you know part of this initial experiment has been what 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 gravitates uh what is the position what's the position and what's the offer has been the thing that i've been trying to figure out and with everything that i've learned it's like all right now how do i if i'm going to go test a marketing channel it's creating that offer and like what can i offer people and i guess offering myself as a service is one thing because it's like yes i mean like i know i can do that job because it's me I don't know what the I don't know what the end uh, what the end goal is. Is it hiring more VAs? Is it zeroing in on a particular problem and figuring out how to automate it through either software or through VAs or whatever? Um, the, the, I guess this is where I'm struggling because it's like if I could go out and be like, "Are you interested in a, fra- in a fractional chief of staff and getting people to click on it?" It's like I don't know that I have a solution for <laughs> for, the, for that. It's like. I mean, I could just hire a random VA and set your expectations super high and then have them come in and just like never meet them. <laughs> I mean, that's, that doesn't sound like a very good business, but. No, I mean, you'd have to have some confidence that whatever they throw at you, you'll, it, you'll be able to find them a solution. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and you've already set expectation that this is a better test. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I might, I might not be as had a hundred percent efficiency, mm-hmm. but you know, you got this huge discount rebate so yeah yeah so it's not a problem for you yeah yeah i mean i I can see so many unique positioning and messaging for Mm -hmm. this for this idea that you can you can start testing them it's like i'm I'm the fractional chief of staff for indie hackers Mm -hmm. and then whenever you solve a problem like uh, someone wants to start a podcast you wrote the play the playbook for how to start a podcast Mm -hmm. and you found them a va to do it all yeah then after that, you can that becomes a use case that you can share on indie hackers. Mm-hmm. Like this is how this indie hacker started a podcast, and, and yeah, if you want us to start your podcast for you, we already have the playbook and the and the virtual assistants ready to to execute it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. Like this is there's so many getting getting positioned next to motivated people who are willing to spend money to fix their problems is amazing. So yeah, it's just finding that finding that position that that grabs their attention right and it's and lots of time like you can try them all you you know like the the one i just mentioned for indie hackers you learn very quickly that indie hackers are too cheap so okay so now i'm looking for bootstrap businesses that are at the growth phase Mm. like or maybe i'm looking for vc funded startups Mm. yeah might not be a good time to shop around for them but uh (laughs) maybe you can offer to do their the their seed, their their funding rounds. Oh God! <laughs> well, I actually met someone that that that's what they do. They just do the uh, pitch decks. Yeah, for startups. Sure, like, that's their business. They they make pitch decks. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely people out there. I mean, I guess this is what bankers used to do: was they would have relationships with funds and venture capitalists, and you would talk. You're like, I want to raise money for my business. I'm going to go talk to my banker, and my banker's going to set all this up. And their fee is either a percentage of what you raise, or maybe they take equity in the company or both. But it's like, yeah, I mean, if your network is like, networks are very valuable. So yeah, that's, 
that's pretty much where I am. This is a really, this is a really good conversation because you're right. Like, yeah, the, I, I'm not, I'm missing out on momentum right now, and I need to figure out how to get that. Yeah, I mean, understand. You know, it's understandable. You're very busy right now with the move, yeah. and you're probably going to be busy again next week. Yeah, next week's but, not going to uh, be fun. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you can you could keep talking to people forever. Agree. And it feels like progress. Oh, I'm talking. I'm learning more and more. But mm-hmm. it's like you, you could go on forever, and and that, at what point you have to test mm-hmm. an hypothesis. Yeah. Like if this, I'm going to test this positioning with this messaging. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. I like the idea because there's so much optionality mm-hmm. that even if you, you do get someone to pay right now for this positioning and messaging, nothing stopping you from changing the positioning later. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna learn so much on the job to doing it. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll identify so many other opportunities and yeah. in the end you might actually find a SaaS <gasps> and you'll get to write code. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> no, I mean, that's uh, that's my dream of like being able to come in and help a bunch of people and get some on the ground experience of like what everybody's looking for. And then to realize actually there's a product here in a pretty big market uh, solving like a couple of problems, a couple of key high value problems and being like, awesome. Like that's the business right there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a bit how I started Power Importer. Yeah. I'd f- at first, I thought I was gonna build stuff for pe- for other people in no code for mm-hmm. them, and then they quickly identified all oh, the one of the big problems is just importing data. So then I I was just offering people like give me your CSV file and I'll I'll write a script to import it, and then when talking with them, I quickly identified that their data was actually in Airtable, mm-hmm. like it wasn't in a CSV file, it was in Airtable. So then it was like great, you're off to the races. <laughs> I, think I found I found the solution. God damn it. Cool. That's it for me. Uh, I don't really have anything else for the week. Yep, that's all. Okay, cool. Uh, so notes for the show are available at startuptosomething.com. Uh, please rate and review the show and your favorite podcast player. It really helps people find the show. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Later.